Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for joining us on this week's edition of Utah Weekly Forum. I'm your host, Rebecca Cressman, and today we have the opportunity to talk to Mally Bonner. Now, Mally Bonner might be living in Southern California, but his roots also come to Utah, where he uh, went to high school here, and he caught my attention because he is the writer and director of a film called Green Flake, and it is about a man in history who his best storytelling, the movie, is captured capturing the hearts of people around the world at film festivals. So, Mally Bonner, thank you for joining us on this week's edition of Utah Weekly Forum. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Appreciate mm-hmm. it. Tell me, um, we, we go back and I said Green Flake is a true uh, individual from history, and yet most of the time it is not a common name. People have not heard of Green Flake. So that's the first and last name. Tell us about who he was. Yeah, so, I mean, it's an incredible story, Green Flake. So he was a young slave that was sent as a teenager to assist the early uh, church, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, to um, make it across the plains, that pioneer trek that a lot of us know about. And so as a teen, uh, he was sent to be in the advance group to lay down the land. And what was incredible about his story is that, uh, you know, someone who... (laughs) was torn from his family, you know, is now in our movie, we get to see how his desire and, and wanting and longing for family and to be reunited with his family drives him to be able to do the impossible across the, that pioneer trek. It's really an incredible story. Mm. And and as I mentioned, you're winning all kinds of film festival awards, so we don't have Green Flake yet available for us to download or to watch on streaming services or on the big screen, but that's just on the way. How did you learn? Um, and by the way, Mally, I, I should have gone, done a better job introducing him. Mally um, also is a vocal director, so he is busily coaching and inspiring and helping young and, uh, you know, um, uh, people of all ages who are aspiring pop singers and some of the biggest names that have been out there. He has been a part of helping them perform on stage and guiding their career. So so the world of Hollywood uh, is is your jam. That's where you've been. You haven't been in the jam of film writing and, and, and script writing and screenwriting. So how did we get to where we're at, where you find the story of Green Flake and decide to write uh, a movie about him? Well, you know, it, what's interesting is how closely knit music and film are. And I didn't know that until I began writing Green Flake, because 
you know, like like you said, I you know, my background is in music and in developing artists and, and directing them and putting shows together and you know, getting talent to find their authentic self and whatever else. And if as I'm describing that, that's literally directing. And I didn't realize that what I do for voices translated so smoothly into what you do for actors. Hmm. And so after I found out about this story, Green Flake, you know, I'm a songwriter. And so as I'm reading, I'm writing just because it, you know, there's just things I wanted to write about. Not because I went into this saying, I'm going to make a movie. I was just writing. But after a few weeks and I'm looking at this stack of papers and, and, you know, and notes and, and voice memos. And I'm like, I, I think this is a story. I think this is a, a movie, you know? And so literally, you know, within three or four weeks after I began my research and reading, um, I had the screenplay. Which is extraordinary. So we, we can envision in daytime, there you are. And, and you mentioned, yes, you're a songwriter and you're a Grammy award-winning songwriter who's collaborated with Gladys Knight. Some of the other uh, big groups that you've written songs with are very well known. I've, I've uh, actually had the pleasure of, of interviewing uh, Mally before on a program called Music Break that is up on Facebook. And we talked about him coaching Ariana Grande and Kesha and other, other big names like that. But... This was, it's different than a song, isn't it? Writing the story of someone's life. Or did you kind of focus, how did you focus on which chapters of Green Flake, Flake's life that you, to write about and explore? You know what's, the crazy part is, is there's just so little. There's just so little. Like someone like Green Flake who did so much, who lived an incredible life and achieved so much and helped so many people, so little is written. There's so little that we know. So that was the difficult part. Um, it, you know, I had to meet with many of the descendants and go to their reunions and sit and talk with them and stories that are passed down. And I learned that with African-American history, history from uh, my ancestry, you know, as I'm even doing my own family history, the stories that I'm finding aren't the written stories. It's the ones that have been passed down. So I've, I learned a lot about him through family and then corresponding that with the text that's been written. And, uh, you know, you slowly start to piece the puzzle together. And the hard part is, is trying to, because you want to include everybody who hasn't been, who, who hasn't been uh, talked about. There's, there's a number of enslaved men and women who did so much during that time. And to leave them out of the story, I was, it was breaking my heart. So that was the hard part, is narrowing down the story. Mm, and, and how important it is to, to have a full comprehension of all the individuals who had such an impact. And, and you know, when I was a child growing up in Southern California, and I would open up the book and learn about the impact of the Mormon pioneers. At that point, I didn't even know I had ancestors that, you know, were part of the pioneers. I, I just, it wasn't something mm. that they had talked about at home. So, you know, I'm just learning, like, hey, you know, they went westward, ho, and they helped, you know, create a trail. And they, you know, <laughs> and, you know, and then later yeah. on, I come to Utah and, and live here. But when we, we think about that, so Green Flake was among the very first to leave the eastern part of the United States, leave his family as an enslaved man, too, and then cross by foot across the frontier, 
trails that had yet to be. There were a few trails there, but you tell that story, right, of, of how they're literally yeah. going through the Rocky, these not just the Rocky Mountains, but, you know, it, it's extraordinarily grueling what they had to go through just to get to the valley, which was not a pristine and beautiful place when they arrived. Yeah, that's, you know, that's the interesting part is that, you know, because it, it wasn't his family. Like, I feel, like that's, the, that's the difference between Green Flake and, and the other pioneers. Like, a lot of them had family that they're doing this for, like physical family. Green, it was just green. You know, we, we, we don't know who else he had. We don't know. And so what is driving him to stay alive, you know, to continue laying down this land? He drove the first wagon into Utah Territory, you know, and and so he, you know, he was a, a leader amongst these men as an enslaved man, which is it's mind-boggling. It really is. And you know, in in the in the movie, um, we get to learn of um, other free and enslaved blacks during that time, and their incredible story and sacrifice that led to the largest pioneer migration in American history. Thousands, tens of thousands of men and women came along that trek that was laid down by Green and others. It's it's incredible. Mm. And so was it as you started to learn more about Green Flag's story, that's when you started to learn even more about the other slaves who were traveling along or had you already been aware that there had been slaves because in in traditional retelling of the pioneers coming across there's very little if at all mention that there were slaves amongst them no here's here's the tricky part is there's just so much where you just put the book down you clutch your pearls and gasp you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) oh my goodness i can't believe this this happened you know uh, you know, there, there's just so there's a lot of things that we just don't know because it's not talked about. You know, there's just the few stories and few names that we kind of just keep circulating when. Uh, but we learn that, you know, there's, you know, Hark Lay, Oscar Crosby, these these men who also were sacrificing their lives and then finding out as I'm doing this history while I'm writing it, that Hark Lay, who was in that advanced group, trekking on foot over a thousand miles across country, laying down the land, he was buried in an unmarked grave. Mm. And it, it it broke my heart, you know. And I, I love that there are some that have statues and buildings and names and, and, and you know, named after them, buildings named after them, but these for these men to, to not even have a, a, a name where they're buried, you know, Green Slate carved out his own headstone. I, I looked that up, you know, Mally. I yeah. looked that up. I was yeah. curious because here he is, the first one who is sitting upon that wagon when it comes in. And we do have this romanticized, this is the place, right? Or or whatever it may be. He he was the one driving yeah. the wagon. And yet, it, yeah, he was buried at the Union Cemetery in Salt Lake City. And he was the one who carved the messages on his headstone. And and I think the quote was, in my father's house are many mansions. And so he was leaving that message, right, for his children. Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> the fear is, this is my fear, if I'm just being, you know, completely honest. I I just hope that his truth doesn't scare people away. But it doesn't take away from the history you know. It's just adding to what you do know, you know. 
and that this is the place. Brigham Young saying that, you know, when Brigham Young arrived there, you know, Green had Green had already because Brigham Young had gotten sick and Green continued on. He had already built the house for his slave masters and and raised crops by the time Brigham Young got there to say this is the place. You know, so there's there's so much that we don't know. There's so much that happened. And um, I just want to add to the history, no, that we already know, not take away from it. But black history is American history. Church history is American history. You know, I think we're all connected. I, I had, you cannot compare it at all, but I had a similar experience where I was doing some family history when I learned that I had ancestors that were uh, a part of the trek. And um, it was a surprise to my mother because she was raised out, you know, a Catholic. And then she discovered mm-hmm. her own father was, uh, a, you know, from the original pioneers. And, and, and I started to read more and more. And then I realized, where are the women? And so as I was following mm-hmm. these brave Mormon battalion members, I started seeing where are the women and looking up in the companies and seeing, oh, they're there. the women were there, too in the battalions, right? Or they were also there in winter quarters. And I know that some people do have stories, but it, it is, you know, you go back in history and whoever writes that history and retells that history is the one who, you know, has the, the strongest voice. So it's your, I love that you're saying, I'm not replacing history. I'm just adding more voices so we can, you know, take this beautiful image and, and it can be painful in its beauty and understand what really was at cost or when this valley was built. This movie, Green Flag, I want, do you mind bragging for a bit? Let's talk about (laughs) how the film festivals are reacting, because for those of us who live in Utah, there will be a greater interest in the retelling of what it was like to go across the plains, what it would have been like to be an enslaved teenager for the first time, going across these Rocky Mountains and tilling this wild land here in Salt Lake. But this film, you've been sending out to festivals around the world, and it is winning. So tell us about that. It, it's really incredible uh, it, that it's having the same impact on people who have never heard of early black people in the Mormon church, quote-unquote Mormon church, you know, and to know that they're receiving it as an incredible story of an American hero, not as, oh, that's for church folks. Oh, that's for them. Because that's what I, that, what I really want is for our stories, stories that have to do ours, as in those who are members of the church that Green was a part of, can share their stories, and it still connect with people who have a totally different religious background. A totally different race, and that's what's happened. I mean, it's it's incredible to see that every every film festival that we've been in so far, we've won. All right, so every single one. The Los Angeles, L.A. Films, you won. Yeah. The Venice. Yeah. The Venice. I'm trying. I'm trying to remember now the the yeah. different film LA festivals. Film Awards. Yeah, L.A. Film Awards, uh, Venice, uh, London Independent Film Awards, Istanbul. I mean, it, it, we won over thirty awards. And it's definitely not something I anticipated, but it's so gratifying to know that, you know, that this story stretches far beyond cultural and racial bounds. It's a story of an incredible human being who under 
tremendous pressures and challenges and obstacles and prejudices is able to tap into this strength and and accomplish I'll use miraculous feats and what motive yeah go do that please I'm, I'm, I'm sorry I'm cutting you off but as you're as you're saying that I just realized like the challenges that green faced I that's what motivated me to do what I had never done before didn't know how to do because like we were saying earlier, like I, I'm not a film director. I just directed a film. This is how I see it. I'm not, uh, you know, I, I don't write movies. I just wrote one. I just directed one. And it was knowing that impossible things are possible that allowed me to be able to make this movie happen in the amount of time that it's happened. And I, I don't say me because there's so many people that came on board, so many people that came on board without no paperwork, Money's not even raised, and they're like, I'm in. That's mm. what was incredible to me. Mm. I love that. That speaks to that, right? The inner spirit within it, within us, that, that, that courage to do something that we've never done before. And boy, look at 2020. We've, we've, we've gone through something we've never been through before, unless you're 102 years old. You know, a, a global <laughs> pandemic. And how do we tap into that courage and tap into that strength? And and you follow your gut. You you do the courageous thing, and people step in beside you. Do we see that with Green Flag? Do we see that he is supported, or do we see him throughout this having to face this so alone? Mm. You know, I, I I really wonder. I, I wonder how members of the church are going to respond to it. I wonder. I, I hope that they respond in the same way that the rest of the world is. Um, but that's the big question mark, you know, and I, I just really hope that um, this is not a one-off, that it's just the beginning of telling more stories like Green Flake. You know, there, there's just so much that we don't know about, about African-American history. And it's just so ingrained in our history, but, we don't know it unless unless you're looking for it. You don't know. You won't find it. And so hopefully we can give more opportunities for people to know. Mm. And that's where you walk into the theater or you begin watching the film and you put aside whatever interests or concerns you might have and just let the story tell itself, the story of Green Flag. You said many, many people are in there. I just want to say that not only did uh, Green Flag win the L.A. Film Awards for Best Movie, Best Film, but uh, Yahush, your brother, your younger brother, he plays the role of Green Flag and he won Best Actor in the film festival, correct? He's so good. That's right. He's so good. You know, when I was writing the film, I, a lot of Green Flake's character, what I what I felt from Green as I was reading and writing, felt like my brother. You know, my brother is incredibly brave, incredibly strong, and incredibly kind. And it, he embodied who Green Flake was. And so now, I'm. I'm the luckiest director in the world because now I, because I don't have, I have hardly any money to make this film. So I get my brother on board. Now I can throw him down the side of a mountain and we got to, we, we're making, we're making some great things <laughs> now. So I'm, I had him freezing in these little rags and things I could never ask of someone, but he stepped up and did like the impossible thing for this film. It was so fun. 
And that's Yahush Bonner, uh, who is uh, seen more and more as a vocalist, a singer, a performer. He is an actor. And, of course, Molly and uh, Yahush are part of a very large and talented musical family, the Bonners. And uh, you, uh, I'd be surprised if you haven't heard them or seen the music videos because they truly are an influence of incredible talent, not just in the state, but uh, in the music world as well, with Deborah being uh, one of the most popular and in-demand vocal coaches uh, that there is in this country uh, because of her talent. Uh, We were joined for those uh, who just tuned in. We have just a few minutes left. This is Mowley Bonner, who in the daytime, he is a vocal director and coach of uh, musicians and singers and songwriters in Hollywood. Very big names, right? And he's written songs uh, that have won Grammys. He's he's just extraordinary talented. And he has recently uh, t- taken on the courageous trek of writing a movie after learning more about the life of a slave named Green Flake. And that movie, Green Flake, has been winning film festival after film festival. So here we are now in November. Tell us... Are we getting closer to having the opportunity uh, to see this movie and to learn more about the life of Green Flake? And you've said to me before that crowds are just stunned by this because they're seeing something within Green Flake that they can identify with. He just wants his family. He just wants to be home. And Yeah, it, you know, mm-hmm. it, what's incredible is is that there's... It's a life that I don't think any of us can really fathom, you know, being enslaved and it being that way for generations. But somehow in this film, it feels relatable. It feels connected to us today, whatever race you are, you know. And when, you, when you're talking about hope and courage and faith, you know, and family, that's something that we all can relate to. And I, I want this film to come out today, you know, and so I'm doing mm-hmm. I'm doing all I can to try to make sure that I can make the best connections to let this film come out as soon as possible to as many people as possible. I know that most of the studios and a lot of films are just waiting and holding it. But this is a film for today. And so I, 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 we're going to be moving pretty quickly. Well, well, we'll keep our eye out. What website can we go to so that we can, you know, uh, within days, click on it and go, <gasps> It's going, you know, it's going to be released. Where do we go? Yes, greenflakemovie.com. That will keep you up to date of what's going on. You can put your email in there. So you will be, you, you will know like the day of, of what moves we're making, when we're doing it, how to get it, where to see it. Mm, I'm loving it. As someone who works in, in music radio now and who appreciates what art can do, what songs can do, what theater can do, because it transports us. And it helps us enter the world and hearts and lives of other people. I just congratulate you for bringing um, back to life um, the story that we all sh- should know of an incredible hero, one of the very first pioneers in Utah and whose life deserves to be respected and honored, Green Flake. So, Mowley Bonner, thank you for joining us. We'll go to, you said, Green Flake the movie. Uh, greenflakemovie.com and you can also go to any of my socials like uh, Instagram at Mally B or Mally Bonner on Facebook and you can keep up. I'll just be posting and 
and going crazy every time he wins. <laughs> M-A-U-L-I. That's Mauli Bonner, Mauli B, and GreenFlakeMovie.com. Uh, Thank you so much. Congratulations and good luck as you continue to trek forward with GreenFlake, the movie. Thank you for joining us on this week's edition of Utah Weekly Forum. My pleasure. Thank you. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold season three, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.